Welcome to Speaking Candidly with Candace, where we talk with everyday people about their life challenges, choices, and successes. I'm your host, Candace Schoner, and I hope over the next half hour, you will be engaged, enlightened, and inspired to live your very best life. Today, I will be talking to co-parents, Amanda Spaghetti and Brooke Mason about their relationship with the father of four children, ages 11 through 14, and how they have put aside the traditional role of mom and stepmom. Welcome, Amanda and Brooke. Thank you. Thank you for having having us. us. Well, I'm glad that you agreed. And uh, it was pretty funny that how I ran into uh, Brooke and started talking about um, her role as a co-parent. So I wanna, before we get started and into the nitty gritty, is to ask you each to describe your relationship with the children's father. Um, And Amanda, would you like to go first? Would you please go first? So um, Sean and I were uh, married in uh, 2005, um, soon after the birth of our first first child, the oldest, Tyler. Um, And then um, we we were married for I don't know, uh, four years, four years, um, and, uh, got divorced, um, in 2009 while I was pregnant with our third, um, Lily. Um, and, um, it was a very, very contentious divorce, um, lack, total lack of communication. Um, uh, it was, it was a very tough, very tough because it, and it, took a really long time as well. Um, it, it took a very long time to get divorced. Um, and um, so uh, so I'm the mom of three um, of the four kids. Um, and um, I guess, is that, does that answer your question or do you want me to? No, I think that is a great okay. summary. <laughs> Now, this is probably very hard to summarize a whole life in a short period of time. And it is. <laughs> um, so, Brooke. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your relationship and a little bit of background. Okay. Uh, well, I was married uh, too young, way too young. Um, thought I knew what I was doing. Realized I didn't. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, a few years into it, found out I was pregnant and I thought, you know, she deserves a chance at having two parents. So I, I stuck it out for about two years. And I thought after that, she's better off if, if I'm, I'm not in this environment, it was very volatile and uh, there was a lot of mental and emotional abuse going on. And once I became apathetic to it and stopped reacting to it, he started going after her. And that's when I knew, okay, it's time to go. And then I was single for, I don't know, probably about three years and then decided, okay, I think I'm ready to get back into the dating scene. And Sean was the first person that, that I went out with. Like he was the first person I I went on match.com because I was working two jobs and there's just absolutely no time for me to meet anybody any other way. So we met on match.com and we talked about having kids and, you know, how it is to raise them and uh, talked for about two months before we went out on our first date and then uh, kind of we dated for about six weeks um, before 
the kids came into the picture for either of us. So we, we, we wanted to make sure we were going somewhere, but also, um, you know, I, I was a little nervous cause I'd been in, in that position before on, on Amanda's end. Um, right. um, I was fascinated when um, Brooke mentioned that you were co-parenting with Amanda and that you guys had kind of come to a really good relationship. Like I said, our, said earlier, um, my divorce was very, very contentious. Um, and I, I used to, I, uh, to put it into perspective, I would stay up all night parsing words so that it could not be misunderstood. Um, Cause it was so, it was, it was that bad. It was a, it was, it was a, um, if I, if I left out an and, <laughs> it came back to haunt me. I mean, it was, it, I, I can't, I can't describe how stressful and bad it was. Um, the, the, the problem is, is that Sean is so meticulous when it comes to something that, that benefits him. And that's and in, in, in any situation, not just this, but when he wants something, he will find the loophole. Right. So. And, and, and he's a scorekeeper, or at least. Yes. I, I will say and 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 I I was I will say I was nervous a little bit about this because I don't want this to come across as a Sean bashing, and right. it's very easy for me to get into that um, that sort of headspace uh, because it was it was really bad. Um, Brooke entered the picture and it slowly started to change, um, and we got to a point where. Um, and I, there's two instances, because I've kind of thought about it, that I remember vividly as being, thank God for Brooke. Um, and so I think we started to develop a relationship because I think we both understood Sean and some of his quirks as, as they were, um, that we were able to kind of piece together that maybe <laughs> leaving him out sometimes was the way, was the way to go. I love two. Can I just interrupt and say I love two smart women. Um, <laughs> so, so, so the two instances that I remember most vividly is um, my dad was a baseball player, and Sean had some resentment issues with my dad, um, as it were, um, during the divorce. And um, the UVA baseball team made it to the College World Series, and last minute, my parents decided to go. And they wanted to take my oldest son, Tyler, who was the one who was into sports, to the College World Series. They were going to drive to Omaha. I mean, it was, you know, a last minute deal. But what a life experience and what a memory for our child to go to the College World Series. I mean, because it's geared towards little boys. I mean, that's what the whole thing is, little kids. And um, Sean, it was Sean's turn. It was Sean's turn. And he refused. And I mean, it was it became this heated argument and Brooke stepped in Imagine. and Brooke stepped in and was like, you need to let your kid go on this like once in a lifetime experience. The other event and, and he ended up letting them go. And I was like, okay, I like this girl. Um, and then the other event, it was a soccer game. And I, I honestly don't remember which child, if it was my youngest or my middle one, but it was pouring down rain and it was miserable. And I don't even remember the instance of, why Sean and I were arguing over something, but there was something about that I wanted to get the kid, I wanted the kids to do, and maybe it was his time, and he was not agreeing, he was just being obstinate, 
and um, we're standing in the pouring down rain at the soccer game. And I was getting really frustrated and I, I'm sure my body language expressed that. And I, my phone dings with a text and I looked down and Brooke texted me, don't worry, I got this covered. <laughs> and sure enough, whatever it was, she got covered. And I was like, so, so it was kind of instances like that, that was like, I treat, I, I developed a respect for her because she was able to, she was able to get done stuff that I was unable to get done when it came to, to parenting issues with Sean. Um, I felt like I was constantly beating my head. Um, and so I, so I started to appreciate those little things that, you know, it's not about, it's not about getting back and keeping score. It's about the kids. Um, so that made me, I think, so I think that that made the communication between Brooke and I become what it was. And I think that's really the point that it's not about keeping score. And it sounds like both of you are on the same page as far as let's put the kids first, perhaps. Yeah. Is that about yes. sum it up? Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. That was definitely for me. Like I called him out and said, you know, if you don't let Tyler go, he will never forget this. It might be momentary for you, but he will never forget this. And you have to make up your mind if you want to be the villain or the hero in this story. So I don't have a problem calling him out. (laughs) And I didn't really, I didn't really either, but I think, I, I think he, for whatever reason, he listened to Brooke when he wouldn't listen to me. Um, and, and, and again, that was in the middle of this really contentious divorce too. So I was, you know, and I was the one probably, and I instigated the divorce. Can I ask, um, Amanda, uh, you, you keep mentioning that it was a contentious divorce. Is it because the marriage was sort of contentious because you guys were not communicating effectively? And I don't, I don't want you to have to reveal a, a big secret if I'm. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had a lot of it. So we were friends, he and I were friends in high school. Um, and we, um, we got together at a, at a wedding of a mutual friend and it was really fast. Um, I had, I was not super experienced in relationships, um, honestly. And so he indicated that he'd always had feelings towards me since we had been in high school. And I was like 27, all my friends are getting married and starting families. And I was, hindsight, I can look back and think, I think I just latched on to him and was like, I did, so I didn't explore all the things that are really relation to, because I was unexperienced. Um, our relationship started falling apart pretty quickly after we were married. Um, there were some job issues, um, there, there was money issues. Um, I, uh, so I, I didn't like, I didn't like the way he was behaving. I think probably vi- definitely vice versa. Um, so it just, it, it built and it built. And, um, I, when we ultimately separated, um, we were, um, and money was probably the biggest issue. I was working multiple jobs. He was not working. He was not even really trying to find a job. I resented him because of that. He resented me because I wasn't playing the mom role. Um, <laughs> Cause I was working all the time. Sounds like a very difficult situation. So it was, it was a very difficult situation. And um, 
I think, and I will say now he has grown tremendously and I attribute a lot of that to Brooke. Since, oh, um, oh, um, thank you. I do. I attribute a lot of it to Brooke um, because he, he, he doesn't, he's not as react. He's still reactionary. He's not as reactionary. Um, but he also, I feel like he, he's just grown as a, as, as a person. Um, he and I can communicate and we don't have to have Brooke um, intervene um, <laughs> on a much, much better level than we ever could previously. Well, and that's what this podcast is intended to do is to provide shared experiences so other people can experience that personal growth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life is a lesson, you know, we don't get our, it's not a dress rehearsal as they say. Right. Um, Brooke, how does it feel to you as the second parent of the kids and how is your relationship with them? I guess I, I kind of feel like I need to start out like from the beginning when I came in, I told Sean, like I have, I've, I had been in Amanda's position. So I knew how I had felt in her position and I knew I didn't want her to feel uncomfortable the way I had with my ex-husband because my ex-husband didn't care. He would bring, you know, he had a revolving door of girlfriends for a little bit and I couldn't keep them straight and my daughter couldn't either. And that wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it seemed like he was doing the same thing as Sean, you know, he was upset that the marriage had ended. So he was doing anything he could to, you know, throw up a roadblock for me, not considering how it was affecting our child. And uh, when I came into the relationship with Sean, I basically told him the same thing. Like, I'll listen to your story, but you have to understand I'm only hearing your side and I'm only going to ever think of it that way so you can tell me what you want about her but I won't form my opinion based on your experience with her and I uh I remember the the first time I met the kids was it was on Easter Sunday we'd been dating for about six weeks and he had asked me to come over um because my child was with her father and I was kind of bummed it was the first time I hadn't had her for a major holiday and so he asked me to come over and um helped me get their Easter baskets ready and then I would meet the kids that you know the next morning on Sunday because he took them to church and you know that was their thing and I remember and part of this is my fault I take part you know my part of the blame in this because I should have asked before we got in the car (laughs) if he had mentioned anything to Amanda about me coming with him to pick her up pick up the kids but I can tell you exactly where we were <laughs> on the way to Amanda's house. Like when I finally said, Hey, you did tell her I'm coming. Right. And he said, no, it'll be fine. She won't even come out. She won't even see you. And I was like, but the kids will see me. And if they don't have warning, then you're dropping a bomb on them too. And that's not fair. And I'd been in Amanda's position before where, you know, my ex-husband would show up with somebody and I'd be like, uh, who are you? And my kids are now with this person. So I was a little perturbed by that. So I, that's when my, my radar went up real quick about, okay, I need to pay attention to how he, how he is participating in this, uh, in his role. And well, then like a scene from a movie that you often see when people start dating somebody else right. after the relationship ends. But go ahead, continue. Right. So I, I was a little perturbed, but, you know, couldn't change it at that point. I just remember thinking, 
you know, please, God, don't let her come out and, you know, be upset because I'm upset too. And I will totally be on her side, but she also (laughs) does not know me. And I don't know how this is going to go. And it's Easter and we're trying to get to church. (laughs) I mean, it went fine. I I mean, I'm sure I I can't speak for Amanda, but I'm sure she had reservations because she had no warning. And, you know, I, I respect her enough to, I wanted her to have that because I know how it feels to not have that. And so from that point on, I, you know, I watched everything he did in every interaction and, and listened very carefully to how he would, you know, describe his, his view of how things were going with the divorce, because they were still separated when I came into the picture. Like they were still not divorced when I came into the picture and Lily was three. So <laughs> she was not wrong when she said it looked, took a long time, but I, that was also part, partly me where I was like, you're pissed at her because your marriage didn't work out because you guys weren't a right, you know, a good pair for each other. But that doesn't mean you get to hold that over her in her role as a mother. And you're doing nothing but hindering her when you tell her, no, the kids can't do blah, blah, blah. Like you're, you're hindering her as a mother. So you're making her look bad in the kid's eyes as far as like, you know, she has to be the, the, the bearer of bad news. Not that she can't get it done, but she has to be the one to break the news because he's obviously not there to do it. So let me ask you this. Sure. And this goes to both of you as well, is what happens when there's a major decision to be made for one of the children? Do you all three sit together in one room or right now we've got the pandemic. Do you do a Zoom call? <laughs> uh we haven't I mean, really had, we haven't had, I mean, not, not recently, I don't think we've had a major, now, um, I guess the most major recent decision, and I didn't consult, I did, actually didn't consult Brooke, because I got, I got the response I wanted. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> but as my, my middle son, Jacob, um, is um, a bit awkward, um, and is in eighth grade and getting ready to go into high school. And I um, really wanted him to go to, he's really interested in the military and the junior ROTC program is at uh, a different hot high school than our feeder pattern. Um, and I really, it, but it doesn't start till 10th grade. And I really feel like for him, it would benefit him to start high school at the high school where he's gonna end up um, rather than making two transitions, particularly after the pandemic. Um, and so I, and I will say I was nervous and I was going to bring Brooke in if I needed to. Um, <laughs> I'm always on standby. <laughs> I, but he, but his response was to the positive. Um, Cause I've had issues with Jacob before and he, he pushed back. Um, and, um, and I think, you know, all of the things that you do for your children are in in the best interest of the children. And I think that Sean has grown to understand that I am not doing things to be vindictive to him. If if I'm making a suggestion um, as it relates to the upbringing of our children and making a decision for our children, I'm looking at it, it, it's with good intention. It's never with ill intention. and um, I think he has, and, I, and I, again, I attribute this a lot to Brooke, is I think he's finally gotten to the place where he recognizes that, that I'm not, I don't, I'm not making an arbitrary decision. Um, and honestly, in our divorce, one of the things I fought for and got 
was that when it came to decisions, as it relates to the kids, um, we have to have the discussion. But if I don't agree, agree, <laughs> I get to make the I have the final say. Um, and so while we have joint custody, I do have the final I do have the final say. Um, and it, and I because I knew early on that it was a vindictive like there it was a if I said black he was gonna say white just to say white. Um, so that was important to me. And Brooke helped I think get him to the point where he was re he recognized that that's why the judge granted her <laughs> granted her this was yeah. because I was not yeah. it was not I never had it was never a vindictive thing. I mean I think I think divorce is really it's hard on anybody. It can get contentious for anybody. I think um, it's particularly hard when you have kids. I and you have children. But I, I do divorced and um, you know, my biggest thing was custody of the dogs. So um, I can't even imagine, and I hate to make that comparison because it's really not a fair comparison to children, but I've also studied mediation. And so this leading to a question, believe it or not, and that is about what would you recommend for a couple whose relationship is on the brink of disaster um, and they have kids? I mean, at what age do you talk to the kids about it? What age do you think you, they should separate? Or do you think you should go to counseling? Um, and I'm gonna go and ask this of you, Amanda, first. I, you know, we tried, we did try counseling. Uh, we tried, we, we did 11 and a half hours of mediation. So as a mediator, I'm sure you can understand that. Um, we, we, we tried a bunch of different, or, you know, I did, I tried, I, I really wanted to keep it together as, um, and I tried um, for, I tried for a long time. Um, but at some point you have to like, it was not changed, nothing was changing. Um, but I think, I think the biggest thing that, that I kind of, is it's about adulting as I would characterize it. It's about being an adult and realizing yeah. it's not about me. Yeah, it's, a, it's, not, it's not about, yes, I, you can be hurt, you can be devastated, you can, you, can, um, you can cry and all of that stuff. And it's okay to show that to some degree to your children, but at the same time, it is, it is about making the choice to not talk ill of their dad in front of the, and do it every, and believe me, I messed up. There were definitely times I said stuff that I should have not said. Um, there were definitely times where my reaction was not the best, sure. But a majority of the time I was able to control that. And you know, when they would say, I don't wanna go to dad's, I'd be like, oh, but you're gonna have a good time at dad's. When I'm thinking to myself, well, I'd rather keep you here. You know, <laughs> like I'd rather you be right. with me. Um, so I think, I think it boils down to if your relationship is dissolving with another adult, it's it's about being an adult <laughs> and and figuring out a way to to um, to portray that to your children because it's only much more healthy for your children to see. So, like when, for example, when it was really contentious, we would go to events and Sean would like not even acknowledge me, but I'd get up in his face, <laughs> like you know, I would go and like, hey, I'm here acknowledge me I'm the mother of the children that we're here for you know at school events and that type of thing and I think Brooke and I would do that like it would be, and then it became I would go to Brooke and be like hey Brooke how are you you know so I think being an adult and acknowledge stuff's uncomfortable life isn't smooth um so acknowledging that 
but also being adult about it. Great advice. Um, Brooke, I've been watching, um, yeah, your reaction to mm -hmm. Amanda and would like to sort of pose a question to you about what is it like to be the stepmom? I think when we talked at uh, your medical practice, um, you had a different term. So share that with me. Uh, I, I, I called myself bonus mom. And that's when you stopped me and asked me to explain it. And um, I said, well, they have a great mom. Like she and I have a great relationship. And, uh, you know, she and I have joked before, if it wasn't for Sean, we'd be, probably be best friends because <laughs> we, we agree on so, so much, like as far as what the kids need and how to handle things for them. And, you know, we think about each individual child and what that child needs. And we can talk to each other very easily because, you know, as mothers, you know, we're, we're more intuitive to, to what your child needs and wants. Not saying that fathers can't be, but we carried them. We get to claim it. Sorry. Uh, but. Let me interrupt you. And I'm sorry, I have to do sure. this. We're running short on time. Sure. Close to the end of the podcast. And I just want to check in with both of you about how the pandemic has affected your lives. Hope everybody is doing well. How has it been with the kids and school and the stress? So the kids are here significantly more. When the pandemic first hit, um, Sean, Sean lives with his parents, as do I. Um, and it became a, um, and it still is, a kind of a mantra amongst our children. It's a don't kill the grandparents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> type, of, um, type of thing. That, that, so... Um, they're here. They were here a lot, and so so Sean and I actually had to have the discussion about the going back and forth um, when it first, when we didn't know much, um, and so we stopped visitation. Visitation stopped abruptly, um, and we went really up until from March to June with them. They were here a hundred percent of the time. We had a couple of times where we would have like social distance backyard meetings. So because. It was not a, I want them, I want to keep them away from you type of deal. Um, because honestly, anybody who's divorced knows that those times when they go, when your kids go away, while you miss them, it sure. can't be nice. You know, they're the, you're there, you're like, you love them, you, you want to be in their lives as much as possible. But at the same time, it is nice. Um, so they were here a hundred percent of the time. And then he and I got together and we, and again, I, I attribute this 100% to Brooke and my parents will as well, um, that we were able to have the conversation. Okay, we, we're gonna go to, let's try to figure out a way to, uh, cause I wanted to make up the time cause I knew, cause it's important for them to have their dad in their lives too. Yeah. So anyway, so as a result, um, we're, we're making it work. Um, we, have the, we have conversations about what we need to do. Um, the big thing that we have is the move to stage four. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that yep. was voted on last night, I think. Um, and I, I need, I, I was waiting to see what, what was decided. Um, cause I had signed them up to go back to school, um, in stage four. And now like, I'm like, it's, it's kind of, it came a little fast for me. Um, I'm glad that they pushed it out to March 15th. Um, cause I would like to see grandparents vaccinated. I, I hate um, to end on that note, but we are kind of out of, we are out of time <laughs> to say thank you to you both. Yes. Thank you. For being candid. I hope you've helped a lot of the parents out there, the co-parents, the dads, the moms, 
and even the kids, I think, can benefit from both of you are very much well aware of yourself, self-awareness and compassion for each other. And I think that that's what we need to see more of these days during COVID and actually all the time. So thank you, Amanda, and thank you, Brooke, for being on oh, the thank show. You. And thank remember, you. remember everybody, every cloud has a silver lining. And if you wanna find more information or see previous podcasts of Speaking Candidly with Candace, please visit our website, Speaking Candidly with Candace, Com. There you will find previous podcasts as well as resources for mental health. Be safe and thank you for watching. Bye.